0: Welcome to the Banyan Edge Podcast. Here's your host, Charles Sizemore.
1: Welcome to the Banyan Edge Podcast, America's number one source for a smarter, safer, more profitable investing, where we aim to bring you the very best ideas and the very best minds in the business, completely filter-free. I am your host, Charles Sizemore, and today we have a very special guest, Mr. Ronan McMahon international real estate investor, an expert, and uh, all-around international man of mystery. Uh, he is also uh, the editor of the Real Estate Trend Alert, uh, better known by its acronym, RITA. So uh, we have quite the show planned for you. Uh, we're going to discuss this uh, megatrend concept of the path of progress, uh, something that uh, Ronan believes will lead to excellent returns and already has led to excellent returns in overseas real estate. We're going to discuss how Americans can get financing in international properties, obviously stateside. It's very easy to go to any bank down the street and get a mortgage overseas. It can be a little bit more complex. So we're going to walk you through that. We're also going to discuss how to hold international real estate in an IRA, if you are so inclined. And then finally, this is the good part. You're gonna wanna stick around for this. We are going to talk about a specific opportunity in the Switzerland of Latin America, Panama. Now, Panama is known as the Switzerland of Latin America, not just because of its you know, banking privacy rules, of course, but it's, it's actually an island of stability in what is often a volatile part of the world, and it's a place of natural beauty that is open for business. It's actually a very lovely place, so you will definitely want to stick around for that. Now, Ronan, uh, welcome, welcome to the show. I will say you have found a kindred spirit. I have been a major fan of investing in international real estate for 20 years now, and I'm actually broadcasting this from, of all places, uh, Lima, Peru. Where where are you located at the moment?
0: A a pleasure to be here, Charles. And I'm in sunny Cabo San Lucas in Mexico, just looking out at the, the Azure Pacific and waves crashing on the beach. It's heavenly here this time of year.
1: I think you're making most of our viewers in North America extremely jealous because uh, we have ice and snow uh, coming our way over most of the U.S. right now. So uh, that that's uh, fantastic to hear. So uh, tell us a little bit about you. Like, how did you get into this? How did you uh, start down this path of, of international real estate investing?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I... You know, grew up and went through the the school and university system in Ireland, left university and, you know, went straight into working a corporate job, like pretty much everyone else who got a finance degree, like, um, like I went and got did. Um, But as soon as I, as soon as I started making a proper paycheck, I started buying rental properties so you know i kind of grew up in a household where from a very early age my parents had built a, a modest um, portfolio of rental properties i saw the the kind of the the ease with which Wealth can be created over time, you know, simply by buying a piece of real estate and having your tenants pay pay the mortgage for you. So um, I guess it was somewhat in my blood. So as soon as I started making a paycheck, um, you know, I kind of got lucky. My parents took me by the hand and kind of said I was up in Dublin enjoying the good life. Cork was my hometown. They kind of said we're buying a unit in this building. Maybe you should too. And it was pretty much as easy as just having to sign on the dotted line. Um, so I kept working the the corporate life and buying rental properties as I went. And then a couple of things happened, you know, first of all, I looked at, you know, the, the job satisfaction I was getting. I looked at my paycheck, I looked at what the Irish IRS took from that. And then on the other side, I looked at my real estate gains. I was looking at the capital appreciation I was generating, the rental income I was seeing, and there was just no comparison between how much I was making from this complete side hustle that was like taking almost none of none of my time. Um, but then the big kind of epiphany moment came around the... The, around kind of 2004 2005 in in Ireland and we had seen just this incredible run up of of real estate values you know prices had kind of trebled in the previous 7 or 8 years and a real estate broker came came knocking and made an offer on a home that i just thought was out of whack this is just more money than this home was worth so you know that was the moment that i said you know i i need to take some action to kind of to keep this trajectory going in the direction it is because the home this home i believed wasn't worth worth this amount of money so Then at that point, two things happened all around the same time. I got tired of the corporate life and I started looking around for other opportunities. I came across a a company called International Living, which produces magazines and research for Americans interested in living, retiring or investing overseas They're based in um, a city called Waterford in the southeast of Ireland. I knocked on their door. They said, well, why don't you marry your personal interests of real estate and our beat of finding exceptional international opportunities? And why don't you go travel the world and find, I guess, the same sets of circumstances as we had seen in Ireland in the previous years? Why don't you go look for them overseas? And that was 20 years ago and within 10 days of that conversation, I was on a plane to Panama and Nicaragua. and um, I pretty much haven't stopped since. You mentioned Nicaragua. One of my the best investments I ever
1: made was uh, I was actually right out of right out of college and didn't have two pennies to rub together. but somehow I, I saw this opportunity in Nicaragua and I got some friends and family together and we actually went in and, and bought a lot. We ended up selling it a couple of years later, made a good profit on it, roughly doubled our money. I, I wish if I could go back and change one thing in my life, I would have just never sold that piece of property. If I had just held on to that, probably, probably would have been a 10 bagger by now. I, I would have very likely made 10 times my money. So uh, I sold too early. At any rate, So right now, of course, this is a kind of a a weird time to be, yeah, it's a weird time in the economy and in the stock market, et cetera. But that a lot of what's making this a complicated time in the in the capital markets actually makes this a very interesting time, particularly for a US investor to look overseas. And one of the issues is of course inflation. Inflation has been an absolute, we're not used to this. We haven't really had inflation in 40 years. All of a sudden, inflation is a major problem. Well, real estate is, of course, a natural inflation hedge. I think that's fantastic. And and you've uh, had some experience with that too, I'm sure. You've seen inflation all around the world and real estate keeps up with it.
0: Yeah. So, I mean... There's a number of kind of components to this, you know, first of all, at its most basic level, we all need shelter. So I mean, we're going to be very, you know, inelastic in our response to kind of rising housing costs, We, we, we need somewhere to live. So the kind of the the core thesis, you know, it's not easy to substitute your house for a lower quality house. You know, there's a lot of transactions costs. There's a lot of there's a lot of friction. It's a lot easier to, you know, substitute a cheaper cut of meat for your, your fillet steak. So that's at the base idea. But what we see in today's real estate markets is so much more than just that happening. So um, my primary focus is places where we're buying um, vibrant markets, where there's a lot of development, where there's a lot of demand um, at the kind of early to mid stages of development. So these are places that are are growing fast. And this is what you refer to as your path of progress. Exactly. We are buying ahead of of a surge of demand. So demand is coming to a place and real estate supply needs to react to, to keep up with that. But in today's environment, Environment. We have the the inflationary impact. Your steel and your, you know, your furniture and your light sockets. All that stuff is 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 costing more. But also, you have the thing that some things just aren't available, or some things are very difficult to get, or there there are delays. So there's there's the cost component. There is the interruption component that many construction projects are getting stalled because they just can't get components that need to be put into that. It's that supply chain mess we've been hearing about for two years now. Yeah. it's it's everywhere. Then we've got the labor component, and again, labor markets are extremely tight everywhere. You know, even here in Cabo San Lucas, just two days ago, I went down to one of my favorite restaurants for lunch, and I said, "Can, can I have a table?" And they said, "I'm sorry, we've no staff." Literally, we've they have they had to close off half the restaurant because they just couldn't get staff. So these labor shortages are are in play everywhere. That's then we insane. also. Then we also have bureaucratic bottlenecks because you look at um, a real estate project needs environmental permits, it needs construction licenses, it needs all these things that come out of, you know, complex bureaucracies in, you know, countries that aren't that efficient at baseline. So again, for example, here in Mexico, a real estate project needs a piece of paper called EMEA, it's an environmental permit. These come out of Mexico City and it's a black hole at the moment. So we've got rising costs and then we've got all these like scarcity issues. Then on top of everything... Capital and bank finance is also um, an integral component about creating a real estate project. So typically a developer will get bridge finance to um, cover construction costs over a period of time. And of course, interest rates have, have gone through the roof as well. So what we're seeing is a real acute supply interruption at a time when demand is surging, and that's creating just a phenomenal opportunity to generate um, rental income, to generate capital appreciation, and to just lock in something of kind of multi-decade value. So all all this disturbance is is creating very, very significant opportunity in, in my beat.
1: Yeah, and I would throw one more on the list as well. You know, the U.S. dollar was in a bull market from 2008 until really, you know, the second half of last year. That's a very long time for the dollar to be in a bull market. Well, it seems like over the last several months, that has started to reverse, which is normal. You know, the dollar goes through long periods where it rises, goes through long periods where it tends to fall. So having investments outside of the US gives you a really nice dollar hedge, well, apart from everything else, apart from everything you just said, this extra icing on the cake is, you're also oftentimes doing this outside of our currency. So that's, that's another nice aspect. Now- Yeah,
0: plus, sorry to cut you there, Charles. There, there can be really kind of interesting kind of takes on that as well. Like for example, you can go to Medellin, Colombia, And you can buy with with your exceptionally strong dollars right now. So, um, you know, the, the, the dollar has strengthened in a pretty phenomenal way against the Colombian peso. And then when it comes time to renting your property, you can choose two markets. You can rent to, let's call it the expat or the digital nomad market, and you can denominate that in dollars, or you can rent to a, a, a more local market. You can kind of cherry pick um, how to how to take your income, whether that's in, in, in local currency or, or dollars. And very interestingly that, you know, in terms of pricing perceptions for the different markets, there can be, there can be an arbitrage opportunity because the same rental, you know, priced in dollars to that dollar market can be priced at a different level to, to the local currency. So you get to kind of cherry pick in, in certain instances. No, you're right.
1: I've seen that in Peru as well. That's, um, that, that trade is very much alive and well. And that's, um, that's a good one to take note of. Now, now speaking of financing, another point you made, was you know your group can help investors uh, get into these deals, and one of the biggest issues. Well, well, let's just back up for a minute. So the typical investor does not just throw cash down to buy a property. Uh, property is expensive, and one of the benefits, one, one of the great greatest aspects of property investment is you're able to leverage it. You can generally borrow uh, most of the value of the property, not have to tie up that much of your own equity. Uh, that's very easy to do stateside. The mortgage process here is very standardized. Overseas, that can be a little bit intimidating to someone who's never done it before. So uh, walk us through that.
0: Yeah. So I guess in terms of that, um, things can fall into two buckets. You have places like Portugal, for example, where um, Americans can easily go and rent at a 80% 80% loan to value and still can get you know really, really low rates. So even today rates kind of sub sub 4%. and you know you you go back a few short months, Um, we were able to borrow at rates as low as, you know, 08 and 0.9% and even fix at 1.9%. So as recently as nine months ago, you could have fixed for 20 years in Portugal at at 1.9%. You go around Europe and, you know, maybe France is a bit more complicated, maybe 70% loan to value, a bit more paperwork. Spain is pretty easy, like Portugal, but again, more like 70% loan to value, you go to Italy, and it's maybe 60% and and more bureaucracy. So it's generally doable in in the developed world. You go to maybe somewhere like Panama, or Costa Rica, or here in Cabo San Lucas, and um, mortgage finance generally isn't available. Now, it is Becoming available recently. There's a number of kind of startups trying to tap into, into this market. I think they really haven't quite got it figured out yet. The bureaucracy is cumbersome and the costs are high. But within my group, within my Rita group, we do make a condition of nearly all of our members only deals that the developer offers finance. So that way, we typically get to pay off um, a condo that we buy pre-construction, typically over about an eight-year period. Um, so it makes it doable in in markets where mortgage finance really isn't available, you know, in in practical purposes. Oh, good night. I can I can share my own horror stories about
1: that. I've uh, I've tried. I've tinkered here in Peru a few times, bought a few small properties, but uh, I. Ended up just throwing up my hands in despair after trying to to, to get a mortgage. It was impossible as a, as a gringo here. I just I just flat out couldn't do it. So, getting access to financing is a big deal. It makes these deals doable, whereas they might just flat out not be doable otherwise.
0: So that's that's huge. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and of course, you know even if it is doable, you know, as real estate investors, we want that benefit of, of leverage. you know we want we want the impact that that leverage can have on our on our returns.
1: that that magnified return and the fact that your tenant is essentially buying the house for you, paying off the note for you. So that's uh, that's a very, very nice aspect indeed
0: absolutely in you know in in parts of europe where banks take foreclosures they'll do 100% mortgages so for example literally just 2 days ago i sold a condo in portugal that i bought just 9 months ago with a um, 100% mortgage it was a bank no money down at all no money down just wow. closing costs and um you know, I, I got it for hundred four hundred and ten thousand euros. Just sold it last week for five hundred and sixty five thousand euros. Um, no money down. Had tenants in there. Net positive cash flow. And um, only into it for 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 closing costs. So that's that's a way. If. If you're on the ground and you're kind of connected to a market, you can you can do exceptionally well, even with kind of limited, limited amounts of capital. Yeah,
1: no, when you're getting it for closing costs, that's not bad. Now, a lot of uh, a lot of US investors have most of their net worth or at least most of their investable capital tied up in retirement plans like 401ks, IRAs. Do you have investors coming to you uh, with, with retirement funds? And and as a general rule, are, are the deals you look at, are they able to accommodate that?
0: Yeah. So, you know, RITA members buy real estate through all sorts of vehicles, through their own personal name, through an an LLC, and also through their, their self-directed retirement account. So it really depends on their, their personal situation. But there's there's a high degree of, of flexibility in, in terms of how they can do it, you know, purely down to their personal situation. Yeah, that's good to know.
1: One, one little point I would put out there is, you know, if you, the viewer out there, are considering uh, buying real estate in uh, a retirement account, just make sure that it is for investment purposes the IRS is completely fine with you buying an investment property within an IRA. They do get a little bit funny if it's a, a property for personal use. You could get yourself into you know kind of some tax. You can get yourself into a tax mess. So just make sure that whatever you're buying is for investment purposes. Now, um, okay, let's get to the good part. So uh, I, I love Panama. It was one of the first, uh, one of the first foreign countries I ever visited. Actually, it's um, it's a lovely place. Um, it's very close to the U.S. Uh, they actually use the US dollar, which which means you have no currency risk operating there. It's a very business friendly part of the world and um, within Latin America, like I mentioned before, it really is just an island of stability uh, in, in an area of the world that can be pretty chaotic. Yeah, Panama is very uh, very stable. and you have uh, you have a new project there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know as you as you mentioned, Panama is one of these places that pretty much no matter what's going on in the world it's a good moment for 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 Panama because you know in any type of moment of 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 instability people and capital flood to Panama you know i've um as i mentioned you know panama was was one of the first places i visited 20 years ago when i embarked on on this professional journey it was also the first place i internationally invested as well and over those 20 years i've seen panama go through these various stages of 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 growth and you know at each point um, at each point panama opens itself and caters to a new market, whether that's geographical, whether it's corporate type, um, it just attracts mobile folks and mobile businesses from, from right across the world. So even in kind of 2008, 2009, when and um, the north american real estate market was crashing and when their north american buyers you know many of whom were were retirees who were relocating to to panama when they found themselves in difficulty that market was just replaced by colombians and venezuelans because this was a crisis moment in colombia and venezuela and people were fleeing with their families with their money with their with their businesses you know as you mentioned this is a region with, you know, uncertainties, political uncertainties, security uncertainties, and all the major international corporations that are that are active in the region. They need a place for for a multinational base for their regional HQs. Um, they're flooding to Panama in in greater and greater numbers because Panama is safe. It's stable, you know. It operates, its business essentially is to be a platform for international trade, international commerce. And, um, you know, it's their thing. It's pretty much their their only thing, which is to be a, a global welcoming, you know, sit, city and country. So to that end, over the, you know, the, the rates of economic growth over the last kind of two decades have just been 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 astonishing you know we've just seen Panama really kind of catch up and grow into that kind of upper levels of 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 middle income of middle income countries and it's a it's a place where um you know where just almost every other kind of piece of dirt is being turned into a, a glimmering shiny high-rise or a or a, or a corporate HQ so within the within the context of of all of this i see two big opportunities in in panama one is to buy at the higher end of the higher end of of residential real estate so you can buy a high-end condo in Panama City from, say, $350 per square foot. You go to any other regional hub city and you're going to be paying, you know, at least three times that level. So we, we have low prices. We have surging demand. And then we also have the third thing, which is the scarcity of developable land in in Panama City. So Panama City, two decades ago, when I first visited it, all these green fields, all the scope for development, that's all now maxed out. So that's opportunity one. Opportunity two, which um, I'm presenting presenting in a a very actionable way to to RITA members in, in the next few weeks is to buy true beachfront that's within an hour to 90 minutes of that glimmering high rise, to buy a beachfront condo where you literally can walk out your door just past the glistening pool and you're on the beach, but you're only 60 to 90 minutes drive from those corporate HQs, the glimmering high rise, all that stuff. The airport. Now we're, And the airport, of course, which is the the best connectivity in in Latin America. Um, And the thing about this beach play, it's very interesting on a couple of fronts. You know, first of all, this is an area of Panama where development just leapfrogged past it because you've got the main Pan-American highway that runs along the Pacific. It went down the coast to communities like Coronado, but it missed the turnoff to, to this area of Chame. Now it missed the turnoff because there was no road, electricity, water, there was no infrastructure down there. And down in this little curve of land, all you had was, you know, homes of some of Panama's most wealthy and elite, and they liked they liked roads with huge potholes, and they liked the fact that there was no infrastructure for for the riffraff because that kept it that kept it private for them. So development moved along the coast. It missed out this section of beach, which is the the closest, super nice beach to to, to Panama City. And that's all changed over the last couple of years because one of Panama's strongest developers built the infrastructure, connected up the, the, the beach with the main coastal highway and is creating, you know, a truly special beachfront community where um where you can work out in the gym in the morning take it take a surf lesson where you can work in the co-working spaces you know where you'll be able to eat sushi from the rooftop of a snazzy hotel a true beachfront community and there um in the next couple of weeks rita members are going to be able to buy buy condos from from the low 200s, from about 228,000 euro, which, you know, for again, for true beachfront, and I'm talking, you know, right on the beach, all that's between you and the beach is a pool and some of your garden areas. It's truly, truly exceptional. So deal. If
1: you don't make it to the beach, it's only because you got distracted by the beautiful pool. <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, now,
1: you made one point that I would I would I would go back to. And you said this area was inaccessible until recently, until one of Panama's biggest developers decided to make it a priority. That really in, in developing countries, it's very important to have good partners. You need good financially strong partners because, you know, with things, you know, most projects, you know, you know, there's bumps in the road. You have to have somebody with experience. And capital staying power to to, to see uh, projects through to completion. So that's that's a big deal,
0: big, big, huge, big time. And you know it's very easy for a foreigner or, or an American to kind of slip into this thing that they go to a country like this and they meet another American and they have a perception that you know the person from my home country or state is going to be more competent or a better developer in my experience that's not the case at all no. the the developers that that we work with typically they're multi-generational and they live off their reputation because th- this is the thing when you get you know when you get into many of these markets the court system is really really weak so how businesses like effectively work and how businesses effectively team up with each other and partner is from a very high level of trust rather than the word of a contract so for for the businesses and developers in this part of the world um you know trust is more important than than what's in what's in the contract and generally we work with developers who've been through multiple generations and multiple crises So. you know typically it's it's multi-generational so in the case of in the case of this group in in Panama it's a, a group called Grupo Los Pueblos and um, they're the group behind the islands project in Panama City. So if you look online you'll be able to see that a developer has created these almost Dubai style islands in the in the Bay of Panama and that's their project and also interestingly it's a project that they took over from a failed international group that tried to do it 20 years ago or so so this is a a, a real estate and business family that's been in this world for for multiple years generations. They're committed to the committed to the long term. Personally, I've been working with them now for for 17 years. And their track record is is stellar. But that's just the type of formula of of developer and partner you need to look for. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's exactly the kind of person you want to work with. Their reputation, their entire life is built around this image and yeah they will do everything they can to preserve that which means preserving you and gringos come and go (laughs) gringos come and goes Uh, gringos come and go the 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 list of gringos that tried to go build something in latin america on their own is a a long one the number of successful ones is a rather shorter one so uh you know stick with the local market stick with you know stick with the professionals that actually know what they're doing (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely so, uh, tell us a bit more. You know, where, where can our viewers uh, read more about Rita? Where can they read more about you? Like, where can they go for more information?
0: Absolutely. So, um, so your 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 readers who are Total Wealth Fellowship members, they're already part of 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 my of my Rita group. So, I guess that's another re- reason to to join your Total Wealth Fellowship. And um, for those that aren't, you know, we, we'll include a link in the email with this that will, you know, show them where they can go to get more information and also take a, a trial membership of of my service. And I think we'll we'll also send uh, my my most recent book out to everybody who who clicks on that link and signs up as well. Yeah, very good. So we will include the link below. Uh,
1: this is something that you should absolutely look, absolutely look at here. International real estate is a fantastic asset class. It offers real diversification. Uh, It offers protection from inflation, dollar depreciation, you name it. And beyond all that, it's just fun. Who doesn't want to own a beautiful beachfront property in an exotic country? So Ronan,
0: thanks for joining us. And we hope to see you again soon. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for your time and see you soon. Thank you.